Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of KDHL's AM Minnesota program. It's an honor again to have Rice County Sheriff Jesse Thomas in studio today. Good morning, Sheriff. Good morning, Gordy. Good morning, uh, listeners. I sure appreciate your coming by. Uh, the main reason I asked the sheriff to stop by specifically today is, and now I understand you're moving <laughs> the game to another different field over in North Alexander Park. Correct. I was told that the lights on Diamond 4 uh, don't work properly, so we're going to move the game to Diamond 5. Um, I don't think it gives uh, Ferbolt any advantage, but... Uh, <laughs> I didn't think we need any lights. If we 10 run them in three innings, we should be done. So. Oh, my. <laughs> so, anyway, this game is going to benefit who specifically? So, it's going to benefit the uh, nonprofit um, organizations in, in Faribault. And I know one of them specifically is the Hope Center. It's somebody that both uh, our agencies both work with uh, closely. Sure. Um, they do a lot of good uh, work for all the uh, victims of domestic violence in our county. So, so there'll be a table set up at both um, entrances, so you can drop off donations there. If you want to drop off a cash donation, you can do that. Um, if you just want to come down and support the brown or the blue and cheer for either team or both teams, and it's a beautiful day out. The weather forecast tonight looks great, and. Uh, Come on down. So there's no set price. You're saying it's a giving of your heart? That's what I, yep. Whatever you want to give, we'll, I guess we'll take. I know the Fairbolt uh, Baseball Association is doing all the concessions. So they'll get profit from that. And uh, we'll see what, what kind of money is raised, what items come in. And um, we'll look at uh, breaking it up, who gets what, I guess. Game time is? 7 o'clock. And there's a home run derby. At uh, I believe it's 5:30 or 6, and that will be on Diamond Four, and the game will take place on Diamond Five. Okay, so the home run derby will just be there by 5:30, and you won't miss the home run that, derby. That's correct, Gordy. Oh. you can always come early to the game. And are there guys that were nominated for the home run derby, or they volunteered for it? How's that working? Uh, volunteer, as far as I know, I have. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to participate in it or yet or not, but uh, in the home run derby or the yeah, game, the derby, I'll probably do it just to say I did it. You'll but, be in the game. Yes. yes. What position? Uh, historically, I've, I've always pitched or played first base. Okay. So we'll see. I think we have 15 or six, 15, maybe 16 on our roster. So um, circle people in and out and uh, stay fresh. And I don't see see it being a huge. Uh, Physical endeavor, but uh, you never know. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw the basketball game, the fire. Yeah, I was police. there for that. My, oh, my, those guys. That was a physical game. Yeah. That's why we chose softball, Gordy. 
You're no dummies. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think it's a great idea, and it could become a annual thing, right? Yeah, we've had other, like the Department of Corrections reached out. They want to be involved if we do it in the future. and um, So it'll probably be a lot more coordinating in the future if we do it next year. But it started out just as a simple, uh, hey, we want to challenge you to softball game, and it's uh, kind of took off, and... Uh, it's turned out a little more work than we thought it was going to be, but that's okay. If uh, we can raise some money for our nonprofits and get them the help they need, that'd be great. Maybe swimming would be an option. Ooh. Short distance swimming. Oh, the one lap on the pool or something. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. So the other thing I'm thinking is uh, when this is all said and done, is I could probably do a another friendly um, competition and we could incorporate... Uh, ringing the bell for the Salvation Army, and we, oh, could, each, good idea. we could each take a, a day and see who raises the most money. And then it's up to the public who who they want to win, right? They can give more on the day that Fairbill's there, or more on the day that the sheriff's office is there. So, Aha! Uh-huh. So. And for the sheriff's office, you could ring in Northfield, Lonsdale, or Faribault, correct? Or all three locations, yep. as far as that goes, if you get enough people to volunteer. Yep. So. Working on that, so we'll see what uh, Chief Sherwin thinks of that idea when I present it to him officially. Well, you haven't done that yet. No. You heard it here first, Gordy. Wow, you hear that? We got the scoop <laughs> on the on the ringing of the bell of the Salvation Army. They're always short of those people. Correct, so it's, yes. It's great that you're able to do Well, you're on the board too, aren't you? Correct, yep. It, uh, if we could fill every slot, um, we would definitely raise $100,000 for our community. And so. we need that. Correct. There's no question about it. Came up a little short last year, right? Uh, yeah, this year. Um, I mean, you have the $100,000 goal. Yes, correct. Uh, Budget-wise, this year we're doing pretty good. Uh, our budget starts, uh, starts back over on October 1st. So we're, um, we only have a month left, and we're sitting good. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. But I suppose... A it, lot of know, people need help. For sure. And that's just an awesome thing that they're able to do. So again... It is a giving of your heart. I always say the best kind of giving there is is a giving of your heart. No set price to go to this game tonight. If you feel like giving a hundred bucks, give a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or ten dollars or ten thousand yeah. bucks or like you said, uh, a nickel. I mean, yeah. whatever, whatever your heart feels you should give, you can give. And the home run derby's on diamond four, and the game itself is on diamond five. Correct. Tonight, Alexander Park. In uh, Faribault, have you had any comments from Northfield or uh, no official chant like a no official challenges on their end if they wanted to challenge us to a competition or I could see it happening but I haven't seen anything official yet. Oh, so. Okay, I was just curious, yeah. you know, because it is a good idea, a good way to raise funds for a local organizations. We're going to get a update on what's happening in the world of. The markets, if I don't do this, uh, Jerry won't talk to me, and I, I really wouldn't like that. Courtesy of Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency near Strand. Craig helps protect all things that are near and dear to you. Northland Buildings, quality post-frame construction. Head to northlandbuildings.com. And 321 Fence in Faribault, specializing in top-quality fences for residential and commercial properties. Go to 321fenceinc.com. Start the countdown to your next fence project. Again, that's 321fenceinc.com. 
Hogs are mostly lower on Wednesday morning. Soybeans, cattle, and corn are down. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. Take your corn yields to the max with superior genetics and next-level performance. Explore one-of-a-kind hybrids from MX Series Corn by Stein. Learn more at steinseed.com. Soybeans are lower, even as large parts of the region have been dry since mid-August and could stay that way into mid-September. Uh, it seems to me that it, the trade is taking uh, what the USDA reported for crop conditions on Monday and expecting only slight declines here coming up in the next few days, maybe because... Uh, you know, we've got some uh, pretty good varieties of corn and soybeans that hold up very well under drought. But yet again, this seems to be another fundamental disconnect between what's actually happening in the fields and what they feel is going to happen in Chicago. September beans are down eight and a half at 1373 and a half. November seven and three quarters lower at 1384 and a half. Same story in corn. You can be concerned about the crops, but the trade has September corn down three and a quarter at 466 and a quarter. December three lower at 483 and three quarters. Chicago wheat is up on an oversold bounce. September's two and three quarters higher at 572 and a half. Uh, concerned about the weather, actually. December cotton's up 61 at 87.50. Mostly concerned about the weather in India. September rice is up 20 at 16.74 and a half. Cattle are down on profit taking and yesterday's lower close in beef. October lives down 85 at 180.62. December's 107 lower at 184.80. October feeders were $1.17 lower at 255.57. And hogs are mixed, mostly lower on spread trade and the recent trend in pork down sharply again yesterday afternoon. October's up 30 at 8102 and December hogs are two cents lower at 7280. We're online at brownfieldagnews.com. You can follow us on X at Brownfield. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Again, our KDHL AgriBooster brought you that opening market report. Community Co-op Oil Association, Faribault, everyone welcome to be part of that company. Get your clean burning propane from Community Co-op. They've been local since 1925. And T&W Towing, your air cushion recovery experts. Again, this morning, we have the sheriff with us, Jesse Thomas. He's in uh, full uniform, so I have to be on my very best behavior. <laughs> are you guys at full strength right now? Yes, Gordy. We are on the patrol side of operations. We're fully staffed. Uh, actually got approval to hire, hire ahead of a retirement that's uh, supposed to happen sometime next year. And that person was sworn in today and start her field training. And then... The commissioners asked for an additional spot at the government services building, so we had somebody armed there. And I offered a job to a uh, young guy from Lonsdale area, and uh, he accepted. So he will get sworn in on September 25th, and he'll start his field training. So um, we were fully staffed, and then we had the two additional spots, so those are, are filled now too. So With the new public safety center being much larger than the facility you currently have, I assume... You're going to need more employees. Yeah, we need a few more correctional officers um, on that side of operations. We are sitting, I believe it's, um, I have three conditional offers out right now. And then um, they're being backgrounded. So once that's done, I think we'll still be sitting about six short to go to the new building. So I think we need to hire five new, uh, that's five correctional officers for the new building. A uh, full-time programmer to do all, like, the education and programming for all the detainees. And then a receptionist for our front window. So, Currently, you have how many 
many inmates currently at the jail? Um, I didn't look this morning, but it should be right around that 40 mark. And now with the new facility, you can double that, right? We can get, we can go up to, uh, we have 76 beds and then we have our intake cells as well. And then we have, we can operate at 68% or 68 detainees, which is 80% of, which is set by the Department of Corrections. So, um, I'm hoping to, instead of pay money out to different areas, we can start taking some of their money in. So. Yeah, uh, enlighten us about that, if you would, Sheriff. People may not realize that a lot of money goes out so, yeah, every so month. Last year, it's $183,000 is what we paid to house uh, detainees at different locations because we didn't have the room or the classification for them. Um, I think we're going to uh, go above that this year. I think last year is about twenty thousand, or last month is about twenty thousand we paid out. So, um, but that's the reason we need a new jail. It's either build it and then either way you're paying, so you might as well build it and pay to get what you need for the next thirty to fifty years. So, yeah, that number had to be a hard number to determine. Does the Department of Corrections set the number, or do you make a request in terms the of the number of beds in your jail? So we did a study was done back in 2019 based on um, our population, like the historic uh, crimes, um, co uh, conviction rates, and then they looked at the future um, population growth for our area and came up with they, what they thought we needed. Um, so that's, we hired someone to do all that work for us and that's what they get paid to do. and. That's what we went off of. Yeah, so. the experts. Correct. As opposed to you plucking a number out of the air. That's right. So the, the public safety center is uh, still ahead of schedule from where it originally was predicted to be done. Um, I just talked to uh, our contractor out there to confirm in July. So it'll be July of next year. The, the building and everything should be complete <laughs> pending any uh, major uh, roadblocks that could pop up because there's always something, right? Um, so we would get the keys then in July, and then we'd have to move all of our stuff and move the uh, detainees and all of our evidence. And um, so that takes some time. I'm hoping, you know, October 1st, we can be operational and our build, our current building would be empty then. So I'm sure you haven't set a specific date or anything, but you're going to have an open house. Yeah, we'll do an open house, uh, do some tours. Uh, let the public see what they, what their tax dollars went to, and before the inmates correct come over, yeah, and we will let everybody leave that way come in for the tour. So <laughs> we're not going to, um, not looking to keep you there. So right, are things laid out the way you would like them to be laid out? Sure, right. the new building. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it should flow really nice. I have a transition team that consists of our jail assistant jail administrator and two correctional sergeants. And so one of their tasks is to go through, like if you come into the new building, into the Sally Port, and you're booked in, and what does that new procedure look like? How much time does each thing take? So they can predict, uh, how, you know, for the staffing and um, doing all the rounds and wellness checks and all that stuff. So it's, it's very time um, sensitive to making sure our, our wellness checks are done every 30 minutes for the Department of Corrections. So. Every 30 minutes, you need to do a wellness check. Correct. On every single person that's yep. in the jail. So when you, 
And that's from, so if you start one and it takes you 12 minutes, so in 12 minutes you're done, 18 minutes you guys, you know, you guys start over again. So you're constantly making sure everybody's okay. And if somebody's there on like a, a mental health or suicidal tendencies or something and they're put in a certain area, then it's every 15 minutes. So it takes a lot of staff to make sure everybody's safe and um, our goal is to you know, make sure everybody comes into our facility and leaves and hopefully they're in a better place when they leave. Yeah. Well, I don't envy you your job because ultimately the buck stops with you, but I know you, you have a jail administrator that pretty much uh, oversees all that, right? Yeah, I have great staff. It's, uh, you know, they always say when you get into my position, it's the personnel that are the most uh, tasking, and some days that is true, but Overall, I have a great group of men and women that work for me and, uh, and for the county, the taxpayers, and uh, it's, it's been good so far. So the current jail, have they determined yet what that's going to be? The actual jail itself, no. Um, like our area for patrol and administration, they've looked at you know, different options. Like if there's a talk that dispatch might come up here, it'd still be right. joint dispatch, but they'd come to our location. I know the community corrections or probations needs more room, so they would come across the hallway and take up, like, uh, like where my office is, the admin area there, and take up those offices. So that's all in the works so that when we leave, they can start that and get moved over. I know the last county board meeting, or maybe it was one before that, they approved uh, it was over $700,000 in new furniture, not just for your facility, but also the the renovation at the government services building. Yeah, I think for our new building, it was 600 and some thousand. And originally that was quoted at 755,000. So we went, we had several meetings on that. We went through and what do we really need? And, you know, do we, we don't need the best of the best all the time. So um, cut a few things and made sure we had what we needed and it saved about uh, like $90,000 and then if we ordered by a certain date, we saved another $100,000. So um, that was a good good investment. I know $650,000 for furniture is a lot of money, but it's for a whole building. and um, So a lot, of, a lot of desks, a lot of cubicles. So. Well, I think Matthew Verdick said much of this furniture has like a 12-year warranty or something like that. Yeah, so it's, it's high-quality stuff. So it's, I mean, there was some talk of, why don't we take our old stuff with us to the new building? Well, they're all, every desk is custom made for that office that it's in. And now you have to hire someone to move it. And when the next person takes up the office that we moved out of, they need furniture too. So why not just leave the furniture that's still functioning there versus buying them brand new stuff and put piecemealing our stuff together to the new building. So. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, again, the softball game tonight benefiting the Hope Center? Yep, Hope Center and some other nonprofits. Um, I don't have the actual list with me. And then, yep, that's tonight at 7. Um, Home Run Derby, I, I believe Brian Mortensen said at 6. So, great weather. So concessions are open if you want to come down and have a soda or candy bar and cheer for the best team. Or whoever you think the best team is, in your opinion. I guess. They're not going to grill burgers or hot dogs or anything? I, I would assume they'd have hot dogs at a softball game. Well, yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't yeah. you? 
could charge a little more for a hot dog than a candy bar. Sure. But Although nowadays, it's probably right around the same price. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's not like you're going to a Twins game and paying $12 for a cheeseburger. But. Well, I did look up the new school resource officer law, but it doesn't affect you at all. Correct. I, c- I do, come to find out. We do not have a school resource officer or any contracts with any schools um, in our county or any other county for a school resource officer, so that does not apply to my office, no. Although you probably are required to have a policy on restraint. Well, we have 600 pages of policies, Gordy, so we have uh, a, lot of, a lot of policies and a lot of things, and we make sure we follow the uh, new state laws every so my chief deputy, Jill Yetzer, is working on all of our policy updates right now, and he's got a stack of papers and making sure our electronic policy matches the new laws and um, very, very time-consuming. Yep, and I know you got a drone policy and all yep. that. I just, uh, a few meetings, or a few board meetings back, we got that donation from Marlene Ress's estate, Yep. and we purchased a new drone with one of the things I bought. So the other thing I ordered were new ballistic helmets for my staff. On the patrol side and the jail side wanted the weight-bearing vests to get their equipment off their hips and onto their their back so it's a little more comfortable. So those have all been ordered, and uh, I got a little money left, so I got to figure out what uh, her wish was to buy equipment for our staff. So um, that's what I'm working on. Got a new boat, maybe? I didn't get that much money, but we do have a new boat coming next year, a new jet boat. For the water patrol. Yes, that was uh, through a grant. In the state, so so then the old boat goes up for auction or what? So well, this year I bought a new Lumacraft boat, and our old boat is currently for sale at Cannes Marine. So if somebody wants uh-huh. a well taken care of a Lumacraft boat, it's sitting out there for I believe uh, twenty four nine ninety five. So have at her. What year is it? Two thousand thirteen. So we keep them for ten years. Oh, that's a, a regular. Yep. 10 years, every 10 years. Correct. They get quite a bit of use, though. Yeah, it's got a few hours on it, but a lot of those hours are idling, watching people on the lake. And um, you know, this is our last weekend of water patrol coming up, and then they all go back to school. So. Did you ever work on the water patrol? I did not. I did some overtime shifts on the water, but not as a water patrol person, no. Do most of your officers get a chance to do water patrol and overtime shifts or something? So we just so yesterday and I believe it was Friday, we did some overtime shifts for training on our pro drive, which is our uh, riverboat primarily. So they took that out and worked on making sure everybody's familiar with it in case we do have um, a kayaker or somebody in distress on the river. But the river is so low right now, I don't know if you can even get a kayak down certain parts of it. Yeah. And it's that's not something? good. It's super dry. I uh, hope it rains for our farmers, but I don't see anything in the forecast. Same true with our lakes, I'm assuming. they got to be down, right? Yep. So. so was the pressure on the lakes not as much as in past years, you know, for your boat patrol folks? I think uh, some of the lakes are still as busy as before. Like Cedar Lake is probably our busiest lake. Um, but that's really low right now, and there are rocks in certain areas. And um, occasionally, even our water patrol staff wreck a prop on a rock. So um, be careful out there. And I don't know. It's kind of like driving down the interstate. You got to put your phone down, pay attention, and be 
uh, cognizant of what's going on. Boy, I'm glad you brought that up because I-35, we've had a fatality, I believe, every weekend since they started that project where they limited to one lane here in the Walcott Township area heading north. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's every weekend, but uh, year to date, I brought the, the stats from the state. We've had four fatal crashes with five fatalities um, on the interstate this year. So, And those are all been since the construction started. In that Walcott Township area? Yeah, well, we had one in Forest Township, which was the one where the semi-driver... Hit a semi-driver. Hit a semi, and then uh, Deputy Hansen rescued, saved the guy with a couple other... Uh, bystanders but he after i think it was three three or weeks he passed away but yeah sad story but you know again he's you got to pay attention to what's going on around you and just because you stop for the because the person in front of you stop doesn't mean the person behind you is going to stop so i also tell people look in your rear view mirror make sure you person behind you is slowing down if not you, you're gonna have to figure out a way to get all the way like take the ditch take the ditch get on the shoulder I was sitting in traffic. Or the uh, median. Two Saturdays ago, where we've had all our fatal crashes at the 53-mile marker. Yep. And same thing almost happened to me. I'm sitting there. I stopped. The lady next to me came flying up. She stopped. Were you in your patrol car? No, I was in my son's car. Okay. And uh, the guy behind her couldn't stop. He went behind me and onto the shoulder and down the shoulder. And everybody else started slowing down. But same spot, and I can't figure out why that spot is so so we have so many issues in that one spot it's flat it's uh i don't know wasn't so, that where the that zipper it's behind that i mean so as traffic backs up people are uh, trying people start to start stacking up in the two lanes people are you, you, two lanes are going into one at the zipper so people back up because you can't get as many cars in there and then people don't realize that traffic is backed up that far and then they run into the person in front of them. Right. It's a lack of attention and a lack of patience. Yep. People Slow down, are, put your phone down, pay attention. I was coming south on 35 from Delano last weekend when the Lakers played on Sunday. And there was the same zipper thing on, on 35 coming south. And a semi, I noticed out of the, my side view mirror, is barreling down the left lane as we're merging into the single lane. He's yep. going to try and gun it He's a semi. Yeah. They can't stop as fast as a car, and they take a lot more space. So, um, And there's a lot of trucks on the road right now. And let's be honest, a lot of these accidents involved a semi. Not all of them, but a lot of them do, yeah. They're, you know, and they're professional drivers. Again, you got to be patient. Yep. I know they probably have a time when they need to get their load or whatever to wherever they need to get it, but you want to get it, you don't want to kill people on the way. No, and the uh, thought of having to live with taking someone's life you know, is not something I would think anybody wants to do. No, absolutely not. So you're in a quandary about all this, it sounds like. Yeah, we have a meeting today, actually in four minutes, to <laughs> start discussing if there's anything we can change about the construction Maybe zone. Maybe signage? You think there's of lots of signs up. I mean... I avoid that area, to be honest with you. I've never been through that. I just, I just avoid it. I don't drive that way. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I don't like driving on the interstate when there's construction going on myself. But uh, that day, we, I had just driven through there on Thursday, mm -hmm. and it was perfectly fine. And this was a Saturday morning, and it, I figured I'd be okay because it was early enough, and 
it didn't work out. So, and our side roads, uh, the county roads have so much pressure right now. I've actually authorized um, my staff that one two can work overtime from three to seven to go out and make traffic stops and try and slow people down. And I've had last week, and I don't nobody worked, but the the weeks before that we did. So, um, trying to do my part to slow people down, and uh, I don't. Know, it's I don't know why people have to drive so fast these days. Yeah. You, fig- you figure it out, you'd be a millionaire. I know. I, I wish there was some kind of an incentive or something that would make people slow down. The incentive is you want to be alive, I guess. Yeah. I was just on 494 Sunday coming home, and that 80, 80 and you're getting past on that road. They're, that's crazy up there. No, I know. I know. <laughs> There's no question about it. People like to drive fast, and they'll set their crews on 80. Well, if you set your crews on a new vehicle, like my truck will actually slow me down as I get closer to cars. Yeah, my, I just bought a new Explorer. It does that. I love that thing. You never have to use your brakes. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on technology that much, but, yeah, it will help you out, yep, for sure. No, but what I'm saying is, you know, normally, you'd, although you probably should tap your brakes to let people know when you're... Right, yep. I give them the warning that you're slowing down. Whereas if you totally rely on the uh, intelligent cruise, I think is what it's called, or something yep. like that, then uh, people aren't going to know that you're slowing down necessarily. Correct. They need to see those brake lights to know that they got to slow down. And you don't wait till the last instant. When you see brake lights, start slowing down right away. Yep. And it's not always the vehicle right in front of you that you have to watch. It's... You know, it's down the road. If you have the ability to see six cars in front of you, you need to be watching that as well. Like, and also the rear view mirror because the person behind you might be looking on their phone or looking at a street sign. Or I just hope not. Not I paying mean, attention. You get in that sort of traffic, you need to be paying attention all the time. Thanks for coming in, Sheriff. Good luck yeah, tonight bet. in the softball game. <laughs> we'll probably see you down there. It'll be a all lot right. of fun. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it again. Well, I haven't got time here. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.